You are listening to Death Is Not The End taught by Pastor Randall Crawford C. This message is free to watch to via our website at BethelHouseOfTruth.org or on your favorite podcast platform. Enjoy the message and God bless you. I want to welcome you all to Bethel House of Truth this Sunday service. Praise be the Yahweh and Yahshua in the highest, man. We're going to get right into this. Death is not the end. This is your, your study on where's the dead? What happens when you die? There's a lot of unholy, unclean, unkosher explanations concerning this topic. We're going to clear it all up. We're going to put things in order, like we always do here, so that you're able to take it in, understand it, that you're able to give it back out the proper way. Amen? Amen. Death is not the end, and that's true. Death is the beginning of a new life. Again, you're going to learn to that there's two bodies. You have two bodies. But the word of God is so comforting when it comes to death. If you know the truth about death. Today we're going to learn the truth concerning this topic, death. What happens when you die or when your loved one dies? Where you go when you die? Does hell truly exist? What type of body do we have when we die, when we prison? You'll learn all these things today. Again, I touch on these things as I'm teaching throughout the Word of God. It's my job to comfort you concerning this topic so that you could help others and comfort others in their time of need. Let's just get started. We're going to go to Luke 23, verse 39. If you have it, please say glory to God. And it reads, and one of the malefactors, this is Jesus Christ being on the cross right before he gave up the spirit of God. And surrounding him on either side of him was two malefactors. They both committed a murder and they both were in on the murder. One enticed the other to murder with him. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, talked bad about Jesus, saying, if thou be the Christ, the anointed one, the son of God, save thyself and us. That's what jerks always do. Jerks always look for a way out and they always try to coerce someone that's righteous and good to do something that they should not. But the other answering rebuked him saying, does thou not fear God seeing thou art in the same condemnation? You're in the same predicament. Don't you fear God? Don't you care about what God has to say about situation? Don't you know this is the Christ? Basically what he's saying. 41. And we indeed justly, we, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man have done nothing amiss. He didn't do nothing wrong. And Christ never did anything wrong. Amen. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, calling him Lord because he knows this is the Christ. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now, I want to break down what he just said. He says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He called him Lord. That means he knows that this is the Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Yahshua, Yahweh's Savior. And he knows exactly what Yahshua, Yahweh's Savior, is doing on the cross. He's dying for the sins of everyone who believe upon him. Amen. And Jesus said unto him, because what he spoke was faith. 
He spoke faith on the cross. On his dying bed, he spoke faith. Verily I say unto thee, today, this word verily is truly. Verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Paradise meaning the garden of God or even heaven. And he will be in heaven with Christ today. How is that possible? On his dying bed, this malefactor would say, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Meaning I have faith. I believe you are the Christ. I need you to save my soul. And Christ would say to him, truly unto thee today, not tomorrow. Not three days from now or four days. Not a week later. Not at the resurrection. But at this moment. Saying, once you give up the spirit, once your flesh dies, you will be with me in heaven. That's what he just said. Christ can't lie. Christ does not lie. And I want you to see that. Christ said, today you will be with me in heaven. This very same day. That means there's others in heaven as well. Because if other people died before Jesus Christ and died before this malefactor, the two people standing hung on the same side of him, those people must be in heaven as well. Amen? And that very same day, that means there's other people in heaven. That's what that means. As well, that lived on earth as Christ. And this one who said to Christ, please remember me. Let's go to 1 Peter 3, 18. If you have it, say glory to God. Glory to God. And it reads, For Christ also have once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. Now, we know the just is Jesus Christ. He did nothing wrong. He had no sins at all. And he suffered for the unjust, for people like you and me and the people on the cross with him. That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now, hold on. Quickened means made alive. So if you die, your flesh dies, but your spirit is made alive in the Greek. And I want you to see that. You have a spiritual body here. That's what he's speaking of. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison by the same spiritual body. That's what this by which also means. By this same spiritual body, he went and spoke unto the spirits in prison. Now, what is a prison? We're going to learn today that there is a gulf in heaven, and that gulf separates everyone according to what they did on earth. 20. Which sometime were disobedient, the people who lived on earth were sometime disobedient, not repenting, thinking they could get over on God. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, that means he even went back to the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing wherein few that is eight souls eight adamic souls were saved by water this word eight adamic souls this means the souls that will bring forth jesus christ the souls with the particle in the article you gotta understand that 21 the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us Baptism does save us. When you're baptized in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. But the answer of a good conscience towards God. That's what saves us. 
your belief in Jesus Christ, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what I want you to see here, I'm going to read 22 and close this out. Who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. He controls all things. God put everything under his feet. Everything is under Christ's feet. And you have to understand that. So Christ went to talk to the people who died even before he was born in the flesh. All the way back to Adam. Because guess what? It wouldn't be fear if Christ just died for the people who were in this lifetime and after his lifetime. That wouldn't be fair. So therefore he went back all the way to Adam and Eve. To everyone that existed at that time and spoke to them in heaven. How could he speak to them if they're no longer living on earth? They were in their spiritual bodies in heaven. That's how he spoke to them. Because this word here in 19, by which also he went, is translated by the same self-spiritual body. By the same spiritual body. You have a spiritual body. I have a spiritual body. Lives within us. So he went back and he talked to them because God's a just and a fear God. He's a just and fear God. And everyone needs to accept Jesus Christ if that's what they want to do. Some came out. Others didn't come out. Another subject for another time. But everyone has to choose. Everyone has the right to choose salvation or no salvation. So Christ went all the way back to Adam and Eve. Christ didn't go back in time. He didn't have to go back in time. But those people are in heaven. So as you see here, they can think. They can speak. They can make decisions. They can still function. But they're just in their spiritual body. As they did in the flesh. Only thing they can't do in the spiritual body is marry. Except it's to Jesus Christ when you accept them. They can't marry another spiritual body except God and Christ. And they can't, they don't have a need to use the bathroom. And there's no need to procreate. Because we are like the angels in the spiritual body. Amen. Let's go to Peter chapter 4, verse 4. Wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot speaking evil of you. This is what human beings think. When you come into the truth, when you come into Christ, people begin to think it's strange that you don't join in with the old way anymore. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the living and the dead spiritually? So what you have here, the quick you have the living, that's that quickening spirit that makes alive. And the dead is the spiritually dead. Christ judges both on judgment day. But there's also a prejudgment that we're going to get to in a second. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are what? Dead. That are spiritually dead. Without this truth, without this understanding, without this knowledge. That they might be judged according to men in the flesh. But live according to God in the spirit. I want you to see that. So what he just said here is no one's dead yet. People are held in a place 
before judgment day. So when someone dies, they go to a place, depending on what they've done here, what they've been taught here, they go to a place. We're going to get right into that. Luke 16, 19. Before we go to Luke 16, I want to read you something here. I want you to see this. Revelation 6, 9. If you have it, say glory to God. And when he had opened the fifth seal, that's the seal we're in right now. Fifth seal, fifth trump, fifth vial. That's where we are right now. I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. Where are they? They're under the altar of God. Did it say the flesh? It said no, the spiritual, the souls, your other body that's inside of you. And for the testimony which they held. So they were killed because they worshiped Jesus, because they served God in Jesus Christ. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? You see the difference there? They're in heaven, speaking from heaven concerning things that are going on in earth. And white robes were given unto them, every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest for yet a little season until the seventh trump. Until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. You got to understand that. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. Six seals, six trumps, six vials. This is where Satan's kicked out. But it ain't going to say that. No, it might. There was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth. Now, I ain't going to go I ain't gonna go that far. But I want you to see that their souls under the altar of God. Why are they there? They're there for a reason. So they're under the altar of God. They're pretty close to God. Amen. They're pretty close to God. The altar of God, that's right where God's throne is. Amen. If they're right where God is, this is God's elect. This is the, his saints, the set-aside ones, the ones who serve God on earth. And they carried out his will on earth to the T. When they messed up, they repented. Amen. Now, what about the other people where they go? Let's find that out. Luke 16. Let's find out where these people go. The people that are under the altar of God, they get robes. They get clothing. They get robes for their deeds because God's pleased with them. But the other people, they don't get robes. They don't get deeds. Luke 16, 19, if you have a say, glory to God. There was a rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and feared sumptuously every day. He lived a great life. He was very rich. This man was a multimillionaire in today's terms with what he had. I ain't going to get into all that he had. They're 20. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at his gate full of sores. He's a beggar. He has nothing. But the difference between the two here, one believes in Jesus Christ. The other one does not. One believes in Jesus Christ, Lazarus. The other one claims to be a Christian, but is not. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The rich man wouldn't even give him the crumbs from his table. When you're not a giver, it really bothers God. And it came to pass that the beggar died 
and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now, this beggar is getting special treatment here. He's carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. This actually happens in heaven every single day. People die every day. People are born every day. So this never stops happening. When I do a funeral for anyone, this is the passage that I read so you can understand where their loved ones are. The rich man also died and was buried. Now the rich man know Lazarus and Lazarus know this rich man. I want you to see that. It's the way you treat people, your intent towards people, again, you can't hide it from God. But it weighs in a lot on what side you're going on. Amen? It weighs in a whole lot. What you do, how you feel, what's righteous in God's eyes. Not in your own eyes, but in God's eyes is what's important. Amen? You got to remember that. 23. And in hell. Oh, we talked about hell, did we not? He lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now he knows Lazarus, and everybody knows Abraham. Amen? Everyone. Now this word hell here is not hell because hell does not exist. Not yet anyway. This word hell is more a form of torment. It's a form of flame, tormenting flame. No fire. No hellfire at all. But a tormenting flame. Imagine your spirit being tormented. Say if you had a husband or a wife or you did something wrong, if you love somebody, you did something wrong, right? And you did something that's, and you know it's going to hurt them, totally destroy them. All you're going to do is constantly cry because you feel that torment inside of you. It's inside of you. Magnify that. Magnify that. Magnify that. It's not good. He sees Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus, hold up, making rules in heaven. You can't make no rules in heaven. The rules are the rules, amen? It's like the rules are the rules on earth, from heaven. Let it be as it is in heaven on earth. I'm going to read 24 again. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. He got some nerve. That he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. It is a flame of torment. It is not a flame of fire because fire cannot destroy spirit. Now, God, being a consuming fire, can destroy spirit. But God's not there. He's not right here. There's a difference. He's tormented big time. Now, I want you to see, he can see Abraham. He can see Lazarus. Lazarus is enjoying himself. He's not a beggar no more. He's away from this rich man, from this sinner. Who chose to be a sinner. Who chose to be a hypocrite. He's away from the hypocrite. And he's on the other side with Abraham. Where Jesus Christ is. Where the altar of God is. Where the souls are under the altar of God. The saints. Lazarus is good. He's hey, I'm good. I had a rough time on earth. But I'm here. I'm good. This rich man. See. Your money can't do nothing for you in heaven. God don't need it. Amen. Credit don't do nothing for you in heaven. God don't need it. What about your credit with God? Hmm. Some people rather have plastic than credit with God. And that's a problem. What's this? But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. And some of it came from you, son. 
but now he is comforted and thou art what? In the flame of torment. Because of who you are, because of who you were. So what I want you to see is, I preach repentance, repentance. I preach change, I preach change. My God, do I preach change. And when people don't change, and it, meaning they don't, they're not convicted to change the proper way, you don't understand what you're actually doing. You are setting your prejudgment. Literally, people are setting their prejudgment. And besides all this, Abraham, so speaking, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So let me break this down because Luke is a medical doctor. And what Luke did was, being a medical doctor, this word gulf is a surgical term. So it's that, that knife that you take for surgery and it's extremely sharp and you just cut the body in half, like bang, cut it, bang. It's going to come right open. And it's like a valley. It's like a valley down there. He's saying there's a left-hand side and there's a right-hand side. I can't cross to you and you can't cross to me. You're over there for a reason. Maybe your time over there and your prejudgment you make you think about what you've done on earth. And during the millennium, you could probably change because you chose not to repent while you're on earth. You can't repent now. There's a time for repenting in the spirit, and that's in the millennium. Basically what he's saying to him. So if this rich man's over there on the left-hand side with all those other idiots, with like Hitler, people like KKK, people who lynch people, who kidnap people, drug dealers that will not change, pimps. People who are just bad human beings. Bad human beings. Think about what I'm saying here. People who do people wrong. God don't like drug dealers. He just don't like them. He said you have to change or you're in danger because you're killing people slow. Crooked politicians, crooked judges. Need I go on? Need I Cheaters. Things you don't repent for that you know the sin. Amen? Gotta be careful because if you choose something that's your salvation, your God over Jesus Christ, over Yahweh. You in some deep, you're going to be in some high tormenting flames on the left-hand side. And that's a problem. I taught this at a church. I don't know where I was, but I was somewhere. I taught this more than once. And everybody in the church was turning the pages like, what? Where are you getting this from? It's right here, dude. It's right here. It's right here. It's been here. This is the truth. 27. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father. Talking to Abraham, this rich man. But he ain't rich no more. <laughs> that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Uh-oh, hold on. He's still making commands even though he just told you what he told you. It just shows that you have no respect for order at all. Didn't I just tell you this is the way it was? So why you keep trying to change it? For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. They must, are they just like you? Are they just like you? Because if they're just like you, they got it from somewhere. Oh, by the way, your dad's over there too. Go look at him. He's over. He's coming to you. He's over there. He's wicked. He's coming to you. Oh, look, your mom's coming too, because they raised you wrong. They raised you wrong. They're all over there. And now he's saying, could you go 
send Lazarus to my five brothers so they don't come here? I don't think so. Not the way it works. They got to live their life the way they're supposed to. Amen. I'm going to read 28 again. Rich man speaking. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come in into this place of torment. Oh, they're coming. They don't change. They are coming. That's where they're going. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Oh, hold on. They have the word of God. They have the prophets. And they have the elect. That's what he's saying. And they have the elect. Let them hear them. When you don't hear, when you do wrong and you know that you're doing wrong, this is truly your faith. When there is no repentance in your mind or your spirit, this is your faith. Do I feel bad for people who die without repenting? If they never had a chance to hear the truth, I do. But if they had a chance to hear the truth and they still don't repent and they choose to be whack, that's their life. That's on them. They're going to be in a place that's not good. And it's not good. It really isn't. Because this is real. 30. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, what? They will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one that rose from the dead. Moses, the prophets, the elect of God. They're not, they're not on earth. So why in the world do you need Lazarus to go back? They won't even listen to Moses or the prophets. They won't listen to my elect. This is impossible, he's saying. I can't come to you. You can't come to me. Take comfort in your mother, your brothers that's coming. Take comfort in your family. Take comfort in your friends. And you can talk about the things you used to do on earth. Remember we was on the street? Remember we did this? Remember we robbed this person? Remember we did that? Remember we shot this person? Remember this? Take comfort in all that. You're going to have to answer for everything you do that you have not repented for. That's why repentance is key. It opens the door to your new life. Amen? That's what it does. Because when you know better, you should do better. Listen, I want you to understand that this is how it is when you die. You leave your flesh behind. And you enter into heaven for prejudgment, depending on who you are and your deeds. That you, the things you have not repented for. You will either go to the left-hand side, where all the rebellious people are. And you can just make a list of rebellious people throughout the time of history. They're over there, okay? They're over there. And the fallen angels' prison isn't too far away. It is Tartar Oh, and it's over there as well. And it's not good. And they're very rowdy, and they make a lot of noise, a whole lot of noise. So you won't be getting much sleep. You got to understand that. It depends on your deeds. It's a fact. We have two bodies. If your body on earth, this flesh body in this earth age, the second one we currently live in, if your body is designed to praise God and serve God, praise God, serve God. But if you choose not to serve God and praise God through Jesus Christ and give him all the glory and live your life in a repentant, righteous way, according to God's righteousness, and you end up dying before you can repent properly. That is your fate. 
And it's a damn shame. You can bleep that one out. It's a doggone shame. It really is. It's really bad. Really bad. Let's go to Mark 12. Mark 12, 18. I want you to see here more evidence of what I'm speaking of here. Because I'm not a liar. Neither is God in Christ. Mark 12, 18. A questioning about resurrection. That's what this chapter is titled here. Then come unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they ask him, saying. So you got the Pharisees who believe in the resurrection, which is true. And then you have the Sadducees who do not believe in the resurrection at all. So they're always questioning Jesus Christ concerning the teachings of Jesus Christ. And they're very conniving and no good. 19. Master, Moses wrote unto us, if a man's brother die, this is how it used to be. If a man brothers die and leave his wife behind him and leave no children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto her brother. Now, I know a lot of women would not like that today. And thank God for children, right? <laughs> now, there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife, and dying left no seed. That's a problem. And the second took her and died, neither left he any seed. And the third likewise. And the seven had her. All seven brothers had this one woman, and she outlived all of them. Praise God. And left no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. In the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had her to wife. Now, this is a trap. Now, mind you, they do not believe in the resurrection. So they don't believe that when you die, your spirit goes back to the Father. They believe your spirit stays in the ground. These are somewhat like rapture teachers. They believe that your spirit stays in the ground. And when the true Christ returns and the resurrection actually happens, then you rise out of the dead. and You're like a zombie. You're like that. It's stupid. It's just dumb. There's no logic behind what they believe. 24. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Do ye not therefore error? Because not the scriptures, neither the power of God. You don't know it. You don't get it. You don't understand it. For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. And as touching the dead, that they rise have ye not read the book of Moses? How in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am Eashiah, the God of Abraham, meaning what? Abraham's alive, as we just read. And the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, Jacob, all in heaven, on the right-hand side. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Ye therefore do greatly error. Period. Christ told it like it is. Christ is explaining the great power of Yahweh and his wonderful wisdom. Magnificent wisdom. Christ is saying the flesh is just a shell. And the true body fills it. That means your true body looks just like your flesh. But younger. That would be the spiritual body that fills this flesh body. That shell. 
The one that's just like the angels of God. Our thought process, which causes us to think and to act and react. So as we see here, Yahweh's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living only. And if you're not quickened and spiritually alive, spiritually living, God's not your father. Amen? But if you are spiritually dead, you have a different father. And it's not God in Christ. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Let's get into the two bodies. Just going to close this out here. All right, so we got 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. It's going to take us home. We're going to talk about the two bodies and the type of bodies that you should resurrect with in order to be pleasing to God to make it to where you need to be in life. 1 Corinthians 15, 1, if you have a single word of God. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Everything he said to you, Paul saying to you, he says, you keep in memory, you hold it dear to your heart, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered unto you, First of all, that which I also received from Christ. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. It's the truth. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. Period. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Facts. All facts. He did this. He rose on the third day. Now his spirit rose instantly. As soon as he gave up the ghost, as soon as he gave up the spirit on the cross, his spirit went to work into heaven, as I read to you in 1 Peter 3, 18 through 22. How he went all the way back to the time of Adam and Eve. Glory to God. We serve a just and fear God. Five. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After the third day, after he resurrected after that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. Some passed away. They're not here anymore in the flesh, but they're there with him in the spirit. So fallen asleep is. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. That will be Paul. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He feels bad about that. And he should. He just didn't know who he was until Christ had to show him who he was. Just like most of you. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Meaning I did more than all the apostles put together, he's saying. I wrote most of the books of the New Testament. And he did. 
Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believe. You believe. Do you believe? That's the whole thing. Do you believe? What is he speaking of? What does he want you to believe in? The resurrection of Christ. He wants you to believe in the resurrection of Christ pertaining to your own life. Pertaining to, like, if I die tomorrow or today, I know where I'm going. I know I'm not a hole in the ground. I know that when people go and talk to the gravesite, something's wrong. And know what's wrong? They don't have the truth. That's what's wrong. They're believing that their person is there. They're believing that the person that they love is still there. That person been gone. That person was gone. As soon as you're declared dead, your spirit goes back to the Father. Period. There's no waiting around. It doesn't traverse the earth for four days and then go. There's no waiting. God know what you did. You know what you did, right? So therefore, instantly, when the civil cord parts, you go back to the Father. He wants you to know that. So do I. So does God. 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? We're not waiting on a rapture. That's garbage. That's straight garbage. Garbage. Make it sound nice. 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? There is a resurrection because Christ rose. And he is the resurrection when you believe upon him. So when you believe upon him and you die, you rise. You have a quickening spirit and he brings it to pass. You rise instantly. And depending on what you've done, what your prejudgment calls for, you could be at the altar of God with the other saints in the election, with Abraham and all the prophets and all the apostles and all those who died for Jesus Christ, for Yahweh. Or you'd be on the left-hand side like the rich man trying to get people to go back to your house and ring the doorbell. That ain't how it works. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching vain. But he is risen. And your faith also is vain. But he is risen. So none of it's vain. Amen? <laughs> Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God if he didn't rise. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. You got to understand that. If Christ never died, everything that we believe is vain. If he never rose, everything that we believe is vain. It's pretty much a waste of time, right? If Christ is still in the ground, it's a waste of time. But how can Christ be in the ground when Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, is God? You think mm. the earth can contain God? I don't think so. No. You think the earth can contain the very power that he placed inside of us? No, it must <clears throat> rise. It must rise. Because you have two bodies. We're going to discuss all that. 16. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet 
in your sins. Meaning, Christ didn't die for your sins. Because the only way you could have forgiveness and repentance is if he rose. And praise God, he rose. Without Christ, we have no grace. So I don't think the people, the rapture people, I don't think they understand what they're saying when they're saying, I'm waiting on a rapture. You're not. Trust. 18. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. Meaning, where are they? Who was Abraham talking to on the left hand side? Satan's not even dead. He's not even dead. 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If Christ is in our hope, we are miserable. Amen? And that's the truth. But because he is our hope, we are not miserable. Even though some people are still miserable. Even though they say they're Christians. That's a problem. Lack of faith. 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. The first fruits of his election family. Glory to God. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, quickened by faith in Christ Jesus. That's what this word made alive means. It means quickened by faith in Christ Jesus. To be quickened. Some people aren't quickened. And if you're not quickened, you got a problem. We want to talk about that. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. When he returns at the seventh trump, those who are with him and those who are gathered to him. Revelations 19. 24. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and authority and power, speaking of Christ, for he must reign till he hath put all his enemies under his feet. Now let's go backwards. Who's putting his enemies under his feet? God's elect. We are. Those with this truth. Those who understand what goes on in life. When Christ returns at the seventh trump, he is no longer Jesus Christ. He is Melchizedek, Melchizedek, king of the just, king of God's elect. If you are not under his kingdom, you are not his elect. You will not be in the next earth age. Period. You will go to the lake of fire, which most people don't know is the true hell. All power and authority goes back to Yahweh. He will no longer be called Yahweh, but he will be called our Isha because we marry him. 26. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Satan him. Self. Hebrews 14. 27. For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is expected which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him. That God may be all in all. Hallelujah. That's where it is. 
Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized for the dead? If no one is baptized, if no one rise, rose, why are we baptized into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus rose. That's why. God lives. Christ lives. The Spirit lives within us. And why stand we in jeopardy every hour if he didn't rise? If Christ never rose, we are in serious jeopardy every single hour. So now I think you should understand how someone feels who don't repent in Christ. They're in jeopardy every single hour. It's crazy. But it's truth. Verse 31. I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Yep. This flesh dies daily. You cannot become a perfect individual unless your flesh dies daily. Amen. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage of it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. You might as well have a good time. And I want you to notice something. This is what the world does. They eat, they drink, they have a good time. They get high, they smoke, they drive, they live dangerous lives. And they have a good time in life. Because this is this thing. Tomorrow's not a promise. Yeah, to you. It ain't promised to you. Because you have no godliness inside of you to even endure any of God's promises. So to you, you don't know whether you're coming or going. But in Christ we know. Be not deceived, evil communication, corrupt good manners. Don't let some preacher or some foolishness enter your mind. We're not waiting on the rapture. Everyone who dies, whether you were good or bad, you will face your maker instantly. So prepare for that. 34. Awake to righteousness. Yep, wake the heck up. And sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Most churches don't speak the truth. And it's extremely sad. 99.9% of churches don't teach truth. They don't teach this word for word, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, from the manuscript. They do not teach it. They teach what they think. And what they think is wrong. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? Question. That's the whole question here. And with what body do they come? Question. Thou fool. That which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. Meaning it cannot be made alive except it dies. Amen. That's how we kill this flesh daily. Because when you kill your flesh daily, that's the quickening of Jesus Christ upon your life. It's a word. We'll get there. 36. Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. 
but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him. And to every seed his own body. Listen now. Pay, pay attention. Wheat grain is this is small. You take that wheat grain, you put it in the ground, it has to deteriorate. It has to die. What comes forth? A sprout of wheat. Sometimes a couple sprouts of wheat comes forth from one seed. But it has to die. You take an apple seed, right? This small. Put it in the ground. It brings forth what? A tree, right? And with it, it's amazing, right? And within that tree comes forth a whole bunch of apples. And if you crack that apple open, you get a whole bunch of seeds inside to make more apple trees, a whole orchard if you want to, right? But that seed must die. We are the seed that God planted on earth. That seed must die in order for that spiritual body to come forth. You wouldn't even think that something so big and beautiful and that's so filling that feeds so many birds and animals and men and mankind from something like this. Glory to God. That's what he's saying. 39. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there are one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies, heavenly bodies. That's what celestial means, heavenly bodies, spiritual bodies. And bodies terrestrial. Terrestrial is earthly bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. It's true. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star different from another star in glory. Not one is the same. Just like snowflakes, not one is the same. <coughs> so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. Dishonor. It is raised in incorruption by the power of Yahweh. Glory to God. It is sown in corruption, meaning you, when you come forth as a baby, you are in the flesh, it is corrupt. But when you die, it is risen in an incorruptible body, in a spiritual body, by the glory of God. Amen. It is sown in dishonor. That's that flesh, that dishonor. It dishonors God, it dishonors your parents, it dishonors your husband, it dishonors your wife. Your children dishonor you. You dishonor your children. That's the flesh. Amen. It is raised in glory and the spirit that God gave it. It is sown in weakness. The flesh is weak. It's susceptible to weather, to sickness, to disease. It deteriorates. The spirit doesn't. It is raised in power in the power of Yahweh, that spiritual body. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. The natural body is the organic body that we partake of. When, the, when a woman is pregnant, with the child is formed through what she eats. The soul is there, but the shell must be formed around it, and it takes about nine months. So when you eat properly, that child is formed from the organic matter that you take in. That's the natural body. Amen. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. What do we have there? Two bodies. It is sown and it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That's 
Adam and Eve. A living soul. The first man, flesh man, on earth. But he wasn't the first. He was the first of the Adamic, the Adam race who would bring forth Jesus Christ. The last Adam, Christ, was made a quickening spirit. A spirit that gives life. A quickening spirit that gives life. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual. In this earth age, it was not first. But in the first earth age, it was first, as we learned. But that which is natural, that organic body, and afterward, that which is spiritual, back to the spirit. Genesis 6, 5 through 7. And God will say, it has repented me that I have made man in flesh. It has repented me that I have made man. It grieved my heart because flesh is so corrupt. And it's going to be a lot of people on the left hand side because it's so corrupt. 47. And the first man, Adam, is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven, Christ. Simple, right? Yeah. Very simple. I don't know why churches make it so complicated. It is extremely simple. But it's simple because you're touched by the Spirit of God. That's the only reason you're able to understand this. Oh, you have a good teacher. As is the earthly, such are they also that are earthly, worldly. Clear as day. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly, spiritual. You understand? So it depends on who you are. It depends on who you are. Are you a spiritual person? Or are you a worldly person? It depends on which one controls your mind, your spirit. If you're a spiritual person, you're going to be spiritually led. If you're a worldly person, you're going to be worldly led. And that's a problem, amen? amen? It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, which is the spiritual. And that's just the way it is. We were created to serve Yahweh. And we were created in the image of God and the angels. Period. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now hold on. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That means that when you die, this flesh has to come off of you instantly and your spirit goes in. But he just told you what this left side is, right? He told you that it's a side for all gangsters, for all people who are bad, who does bad things, without a repentant spirit and heart and mind. So even though you're raised in a spiritual body that can't die, except by the hands of God, and you're in that spiritual body, you still have a side to go to. You can either go to the left-hand side, or you can go to the right-hand side, where God is, where heaven is. Because wherever God is, that's what? Heaven. That's heaven. I don't know what people are doing on the left hand side but God ain't there and there's a ghetto for heaven that's it let's talk about these bodies we're going to get into real quick here 51 behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep we all ain't going to sleep 
Everybody's not going to die. They just won't. But we shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkle of an eye, at the left, at the last trump. That's, this word last trump means throw this one out, the seventh trump, when Christ returns. We all change to our spiritual bodies. This flesh comes off instantly. But the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now hold on. The dead, those people who died already, we can't precede them because they're already in heaven with God. So therefore, they are coming back with Jesus Christ, the saints. And we would join them in the air. And that army of God at the seventh trump. Glory to God. So no one's coming out of the ground. No one's coming up looking like a zombie. No one's coming up all messed up. Could you imagine if, if a saint has been dead for over a thousand or two thousand years? And then the resurrection begins and Jeremiah comes up. Do you know what Jeremiah going to look like? He ain't going to look good. He's going to be bones or no bones. 2,000 years is a long time. Moisture deteriorates flesh. So you got to understand, we're speaking spiritual here. You must be raised. 53. For this corruptible, that's your flesh, is corruptible. Remember, what does this word corruptible mean? Let's break it down. The word corruptible here in the Greek is 5349. It's thartos. Thartos. Corruptible. 5349. Thartos. And it means it decays. It's perishable. Speaking of the flesh, your flesh body here. The flesh is sickly. It will decay. And I want you to see that your spirit and your soul never decays at all. But your flesh does. That's what this corruptible is speaking of your flesh body. Thartos. 53, 49 in the Greek. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. What's this incorruption here? Let's break this down. Incorruption. This incorruption is your spiritual body. Atharsia in the Greek. To be unending, a lasting spiritual body. 861. Atharsia. Got it? So you got two things that you have to do when you come out of this flesh. For this corruptible flesh, your fleshly body, must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. We got two more things. Now your spirit has to take on two things now. The word mortal, meaning your spiritual, not, you know how some people say, you mortals, aliens will say to us, you mortals, or whatever. <laughs> no such thing as aliens, but we know what it is. But mortal, meaning toast in the Greek, 2349, and it means liable to die. Liable to die. Meaning your soul, your spiritual body is still able to die in the lake of fire. As some will call it hell. But it's really the lake of fire. At judgment day. That means your spirit and your soul is not in good standing with Yahweh and Jesus Christ. 
That's what that means. It's not in good standing with Yahweh and Christ. So your spiritual, when it comes out of this corruptible flesh, and it goes to the incorruption, which is that spiritual body, some people will rise with a spiritual body that's mortal, liable to die. Meaning you're not in good standing with Yahweh and Jesus Christ because of your unrepented heart. And this mortal must put on immortality. We all know this word is athanasia. In the Greek, 110 in the Greek, athanasia. And it means deathlessness, no end. Eternal life. You made it. You're in good standing with Yahweh and Jesus Christ. One of the things that I love about God, one of the things I love about him, is how he cannot be fooled. I love that about him. He cannot be fooled. That means that his plan, there will never be another cause for another plan like this ever again. Because he cannot be fooled. So therefore, we're not going through what we went through in the first earth age with Tyrus ever again. All wickedness will be gone. All wickedness will be destroyed. You cannot fool God at all. You can't fool him. So if you try to fool him, it's a problem. You have to be raised. What are the ways? Your corruptible must put on incorruption. Your corruptible is the flesh. Thartos. It decays. It's perishable. It's sickly. It smells. It's that flesh body. When you die, that spiritual body comes forth into an incorruptible body, which is Tharsia, Atharsia. And it's 861. To be unending. A lasting spiritual body. But that spiritual body, some people will be raised with a mortal spiritual body. Netos, which means liable to die, meaning your spiritual body is in bad standing with Yahweh and Jesus Christ. It means if it's not judgment day, you're going to the left-hand side. If it is judgment day, you're liable to die because you have your spiritual body has put on a mortal standing. Thank God for the millennium. Amen. Then this mortal body, after it comes out of the millennium, must put on Athanasia, which means deathlessness, no end, eternal life. Your spirit and your soul is in good standing with Yahweh and Christ. You made it to the next earth age. Glory to God. It's just that simple. 54. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death has no victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? It has no victory. Because Christ gave us the victory. We overcome in him. Glory to God. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain, is not in tool in the Lord, you will receive your rewards. 
Remember to stay in the grace of God because that's where he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All glory and praise to the Father and the Son. I take credit for nothing. In Jesus' holy name. Thank you for listening to this message. God bless you. Please visit our website at BethelHouseOfTruth.org to watch, listen and download more messages taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr.